Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at Whit Riverside. The enemy hates the fact that we're free. He hates it when we lift our hands and say, Jesus, we worship you. When you do that, does your mind wander, start things, thoughts start coming and trying to draw you away? Is it only me? No. The enemy doesn't like it when we actually say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Now, at the end of verse 10, <laughs> sorry, there's a positive spin on verse 4 as well. You can get all het up, sort of my soapbox, get all het up about people secretly coming in, spying, how can we c- catch them and all the rest of it. But look at this, it says, they came to spy on the liberty and freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. Isn't it encouraging that we have liberty and freedom in Christ Jesus? How encouraging that, that one or two might seek to knock us off course because they can see the freedom that Jesus is building in amongst us. Now, the end of verse 10, Paul is, uh, is charged by the Christian leaders to say, yep, go to the Gentiles, that's absolutely fantastic. By the way, make sure that you care for the poor. Now, Simon alluded this to, to, alluded this to last week as well, but I get the feeling that Paul was somewhat irritated by this. I don't actually think Paul was an easy person to be around, quite honestly. Most men of God aren't, actually. <laughs> Whoops, can you delete that bit? <laughs> Except the lovely ones here. But I get the feeling that Paul was really irritated because he was very eager to care for the poor. And there are many different types of poor, as we know. But let me encourage you, especially if you have a sense of a calling on your life, you want to achieve your calling, you want to perform a ministry for the Lord, let me encourage you, do not forget the poor. Whatever opportunities you come your way, do not, do not in the midst of that, forget the poor. Now, I'm not very good at poor stuff. Um, I'm not very confident in, in some of the areas. Uh, uh, Jackie and Sean, June and Wally are brilliant at getting alongside people, really encouraging them. I'm not very good at that. But we had a situation. I was walking through Whitsable a couple of months ago, and out of nowhere I could see this um, person who was poor, shall we say, and um, so I did what any normal person would do, as I averted my eyes and started taking amazing interest in this second-hand sewing box in a junk shop window so that I wouldn't catch this chap's eye. Um, but I was interested in the sewing box. Like a fool, I looked up too quickly and I caught his eye. <laughs> and he came up to me. He said, mate, I'm skin. I've got no money. Me and my girlfriend, we're really starving. We've got no food. Oh, no. But something just went inside me. I said, what do you want? He said, I need food. So I took him into a shop. said, what do you want? Got him it. He went out the door with the stuff. And he looked round. And he'd gone. I thought, oh, thank goodness he's gone. Rather than, oh, great, I blessed someone. <laughs> Sorry, just being honest here. And he came back. So he opened the door. He leaned in. He said, what you just did was a really Christian thing. What you did is like what's in the Bible, and God is really going to bless you. He shut the door, and to sound all spooky, I've never seen him again. 
are just really weird. I'm not saying it was anything or whatever. But I believe that God's best opportunities normally come at our inconveniences. When we are inconvenienced, that can be when God uses us. <clears throat> but I came out, I went to vote on Thursday. I'd forgotten, so I went to vote. Raving loony, you know, tick, tick the box. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I come out of the polling station, there's a lady with a little yappy, I mean a lovely little dog. <clears throat> and, um, and, uh, and she was looking to see whether, you know, no smoking, a dog's loud. I said, well, a dog's loud. She said, I don't know. I said, well, do you want me to hold your dog for you? So I'm just standing there holding the... I don't know how long she took in there. A Stephen Mulhern moment. I'm standing there holding this dog for about ten minutes until she comes out. But we can just bless people, can't we? I want to say, and I held your dog because I love Jesus and so should you. But sometimes we should just do good to people. But some of God's best opportunities come at our great inconveniences. Secondly, new hope even when we make mistakes. You see, Peter doesn't come out of this Bible passage very well, does he? Most preachers will stand up and will have a bit of a pop at Peter um, because I see so much of him in me. But here's Peter. You know, He was called by Jesus, one of the inner three, so to speak. He'd walked on water. He'd seen Jesus transfigured. He'd witnessed the crucifixion, witnessed Jesus' resurrection. And yet Peter, even with all of his character flaws, he was commissioned by Jesus to lead the brethren, preach the gospel after the outpouring of the Spirit, heal the sick and raise the dead. Yet despite all of that, all of that, Peter still battled with the fear of man. He still feared about protecting his reputation. And I think that Peter must have been immensely threatened by Paul, immensely threatened by him. This this amazing guy Paul, this former persecutor of the church, was now preaching with power, anointing, authority, and he was gaining a very, very wide wide audience and influence. Peter was really under threat. And I think it's a challenge for some of us Christians who've been round here. I was going to say long in the tooth, but mine keep getting pulled out, so I haven't got any long ones left. But for those of us who've been Christians for a long time, I believe this can be a challenge as well, because God, I believe, is a God who moves in seasons. And sometimes those seasons suit us, and sometimes those seasons don't suit us. I believe that God is a God who is unchanging, and yet our environment and our expressions change. You see, we can find ourselves in very difficult circumstances and reacting to things, but actually God is moving on. (laughs) He's unchanging, but he's moving on. So here's Peter grappling with this. I need to look the other way now, but um, have you ever met a Christian that you don't like? (laughs) With every head bowed. In fact, let's just turn around and greet someone. Oh, I don't like you. (laughs) (laughs) can be difficult, can't it? I've had to learn over the years not to allow personality clashes to prevent me from living in unity with my brothers and sisters. We're all different. We all have different styles, manners, ways, passions, whatever. 
but don't allow personality clashes or style clashes to prevent us from living in unity. I believe it's something that we're going to continue to face right up until our dying day. But I believe that by the grace of God, we can live in unity together. See, Peter had to grasp this good news fully. He had to grasp the good news that there was true freedom and grace from Jesus. It wasn't about imposing rules and regulations or trying to keep the people of God under control. He needed to really get hold of the fact that he was saved by grace, even though the pull was very strong to start doing man-made things. Don't you find that? You, you know you're saved by grace, but you feel you've got to do something. No, we just receive the grace of God. But here is the amazing thing. The amazing thing. Despite the disagreements, despite the arguments that these guys had, they both continued to preach the gospel and the good news of Jesus. They didn't go back to their house, sit in a pity party. They just thought, that's how it is. Deal with it. I'm going to continue to preach the gospel. Because I believe God understands we're broken. I'm fallen. I'm broken. And there will always be conflict in the church. There will be. Because it has people in it. It's painful, but we can still, in the midst of that, continue to share the good news of Jesus. Because if our security is who we are in Christ, then we can have the courage to face with honesty, our mistakes and our faults and still be able to continue to share the good news. And sadly, there are some, maybe many Christians, who have been neutralised because of a falling out in church, because of a, a breakdown in communication, because of an upset with another Christian. One of the encouraging things we do on the Freedom in Christ course is just using the Bible and the words of Jesus just to help us unpack some of those hurts and things that become landing pads in our life. And we see how Jesus can help set us free as we bring those to him. And fighting, falling outs between Christians is something that can really neutralise us. So keep short accounts. (laughs) Sometimes it's just the way it is, personality. But keep Jesus, always keep Jesus at the centre. See, I'm intrigued by verse 13. It says that even Barnabas was pulled away by the hypocrisy of Peter. Now, I'm, um, I'm a bit of a Barnabas fan. I think he was a great Christian. I think he was a really solid Christian. He had had lots of adventures with Paul. He'd supported Paul. He'd got alongside Paul. I mean, this guy really had helped to launch Paul into his ministry. And yet here's Paul almost disciplining him. It's tough. This happens in the church. You go a little bit further and then the bar's raised and you think, ooh, it's not Jesus, or Jesus on my terms anymore. I actually have to change and address some stuff in my life. So here's Barnabas, an excellent Christian. He was, I believe he loved the Lord. He loved the Lord not only in his words but also in his actions. And yet even Barnabas was drawn away. And again, not to be scary, not to put pressure on, but it is essential that we are not fooled. Do not be fooled when God uses you spiritually. Do not allow pride or whatever 
to latch on to that. Oh, look what I did. <laughs> you may pray for a really sick person who gets really better. You may give a, a massive sacrificial gift, maybe. You may have a stunning prophecy. Maybe, say, if you're listening to the podcast, you've been at wildfires and you've had an incredible encounter with Jesus. Remember this, God will never do anything outside of the word of God. This is our plumb line, the word of God, or if you've got your little app, sorry, I'm dropping my bow here. The word of God, this is the light to our path, the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. So even Barnabas was becoming drawn away. That's why, as I say, and I'll say it again, if God uses you, fantastic. If God speaks to you, fantastic. But always have your life based on the word of God. That is our security. And again, we cover this in the Freedom in Christ course. It's very helpful. So, thirdly, equipped for everyday living. We are justified by faith in Jesus alone. That's it. It's all because of Jesus. And in the Amplified Version, if you've got time, we can read this. <laughs> but Galatians 2, 16, first part of 16, it says this. Yet we know that a man is justified... Sorry, we know that a man is justified or reckoned righteous and in right standing with God, not by works of the law but only through faith and absolute reliance on and adherence to trust and trust in Jesus Christ. We live by faith totally because of Jesus and nothing else. The famous verse in Galatians 2.20 stuck on many a fridge. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. We sing that, don't we? But we still have to deal with the character issues in our lives. Again, something that we cover in the Freedom in Christ course. Romans 6, verse 6, it says, it tells us that our old self was crucified. And this is sort of a mysterious part of what it is to have a life as a believer in Jesus. And it can be really hard to explain spiritual truths in earthly words. But it is Christ in me, Christ in you, the hope of glory. We continue to live on this earth, but we live on this earth filled with the Holy Spirit, comes from the Father, because Jesus has ascended to the right hand of the Father. And real faith, I believe, comes, comes when we take God at his word. Let me refer you to item A. God's word, the Bible. Let me encourage you to get into your Bible. You know, it's wonderful. You have those special times with the Lord, um, uh, even in worship this morning, that sort of, oh Lord, this is so lovely and it's so great and sense of your presence, it's so precious and it is. However, we base all of that on the word of God. If we become just experiential, then it will be 
did I get the buzz when I was singing the song today? Or did I get the buzz when I was serving this person today? Rather than I get my value from what God's word says about me. The Holy Spirit encourages us, uh, sorry, the word of God encourages us that the Holy Spirit will never do anything outside the parameter of the word of God. And it's a great way of weighing weighing prophecy, especially if you're dealing with people who are very um, excited, encouraged. Just weigh the heart of what's shared against what the Bible says. So, today you might be visiting, might seem all a bit strange, all a bit weird. But let let me encourage you. You can simply get to know this Jesus because he wants to get to know you. In fact, he created you, I believe. You can ask Jesus, literally, to come into your life. You can say, Lord, I'm sorry for all the bad stuff I've done. Would you come and help me? Would you, be, would you come and kind of be the Lord of my life? I can't really put it simpler than that. And I believe if you do that, firstly, it'll, probably, it'll cost you everything. But you can get to know this wonderful God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We read about a great mystery. And you can get to know Jesus, and he can come and live with you. He can be your friend, as well as your Lord. And get to know Jesus. So, I wonder, is legalism or guilt trying to sneak back into your life? Is it trying to sneak in and bring you back into bondage or captivity? If it is, just simply bring it to Jesus. Tell him about it and receive fresh grace and fresh refreshment from God's Holy Spirit. Is there a Christian that annoys you? (laughs) A Christian who irritates you? You don't like their manner or their style? (laughs) Don't like that. (laughs) You're all looking at me. What did I... (laughs) Again, just simply tell Jesus... There is grace. There is grace. And sometimes it could be, we don't agree on this, but you know what? We do agree that Jesus is Lord. That's great. And at Wild Fast yesterday, um, we bumped into someone um, out of nowhere from from a a different church stream and just chatting to this person. And it was just so encouraging, some of the things they said. Um, It was just the right person at the right time. And there was, what, 23,000 people there. So that's the only person I kind of bumped into. So that was kind of good. If you believe God has given you a calling, if you believe God has given you a gift, if you believe that God is is really speaking to you very specifically about something, let me encourage you to bounce it off Simon Keeley, Alan Allison, whatever. Encourage you to share that with leaders, people you trust, because they have your best intention at heart. Part of the role God has given them is to equip and to serve and to release people into the ministry that God has got for them. There is, as I said before, there is absolutely no place for independence in God's kingdom. I could spend many hours now listing endless sob stories of where we've encountered that and many years ago where I tried to do a bit of that as well. It's not right. Do not be an independent Christian. Well, God's told me, bounce it off, share it, be open. God came, Jesus came for a body. He loves us individually, but he came for a body. We are the body of Christ. 
not independent people with amazing callings of Christ. Together, we are the body of Christ. Jonathan Edwards, a, um, a great speaker, a writer, sorry, from the 1700s, he really encouraged us. He said, he said, get hold of God's word and don't insist on God continually giving you personal messages. What an amazing word. Amazing word for someone like me that loves sort of the prophetic. But I must not be demanding, oh God, give me a word, give me a word, give me a word. God has given us his word. And sometimes the Holy Spirit illuminates that through prophecy and encourages us. But the, word, the spirit of God will always come upon the word of God. Earlier in the week, I had a, a picture of a splinter. Have you ever had a splinter under your thumb? Yeah? Does that just affect your thumb? Yeah, it just makes everything annoying, doesn't it? It's just there. It's just, ugh. And this, this splinter could be two or three millimetres long or a quarter of an inch in English, you know. And, and it can be really irritating. The best thing to do... <laughs> You're right, Mel. <laughs> I can see you today. Um, the thing is that it's a tiny little thing but it can affect the whole body and I know we've heard it so many times but the best thing to do is to get a sterile needle dig, 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 get it out ouch, better, 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 gone if you're in broken relationship with someone in the church or in a former church go to Jesus and tell him about it Go to someone you trust and talk to them about it. Let Jesus take out the splinter and then let Jesus do the healing. Because if not, each time one starts to try and move ahead, the splinter will, be, will still be there and it'll still hurt. A couple of weeks ago, we had Chris here from uh, Vineyard in Ashford. <laughs> So I just, I just saw this picture of his hairy legs as he was washing his hands at the... Uh... Oh, no, it's on there as well now. <laughs> I knew I should have preached clothed. Anyway, um, we... he was sharing about Jesus um, stilling the storm. Excellent word. Some scientific stuff in there which I thought was really helpful. So very, very helpful word. Let me encourage you to listen to that if you missed it. One of the things about Jesus on the sea in the storm is a, another angle you can take, which I've found very helpful over the years. It says Jesus was lying in the boat. He was asleep. Um, the disciples woke him up. They were fishermen. They shouldn't have been scared. And that's a given. However, Jesus got up. And what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? He commanded the... That's right. Peace, be still. He spoke to the wind and the waves here's a little bit here's a little free one do not speak so I'm leaning like it's important do not speak to the waves if you haven't addressed the wind because you can speak to the waves all you like but they're going to keep bobbling around and the sense I had the Lord just reminded me I trust it was him if not then just dump it Often, through fear or whatever, we try and address the waves splashing everywhere. Actually, the Lord wants to speak to the wind first, the splinter, the broken relationship, the whatever. Just allow Jesus to do that. Because when Jesus speaks into the situation, change will come. 
but Jesus spoke to the wind and then the waves to calm down. And I can go for a lovely spa day and have a fantastic time in my white dressing gown, walking around the hen parties all day. But if I've still got the splinter in my thumb, it's going to hurt, yeah? Whereas if you take the splinter out, yeah, your whole body. So let me encourage you. Maybe there's some wind, some wind in your life. (laughs) Let me encourage you. If there's something that's blowing up a storm around your life, again, with leaders, people you trust, ask them to pray into it and and, and deal with the splinter, yeah? Because you'd be amazed when that little thing has gone, how much better things are. Should we stand? Should we stand, please? Just one other thing. I just had a sense the Lord said to me um, as I was preparing. And that is that, that Jesus doesn't offer, he doesn't offer religious rules. He doesn't offer regulations. It all begins with R. Once a Baptist, always a Baptist. But, uh, he, he, he doesn't offer us religious rules and regulations. He does offer us a relationship. And a sense of, you know, oh, I've got to do my quiet time or I haven't read my Bible this week yet and so forth. It's almost as I could see one or two people sort of getting their Bible or getting an old book and going, getting a cushion, sitting halfway up your stairs at house, sitting somewhere completely different in your house, somewhere completely different. Go and sit in the back seat of your own car on your driveway with your Bible. Do something, change your environment. Because Jesus wants a relationship with us, not a, oh, I better read Ezekiel 27, so I've done it. He wants a relationship with us. Let's just pray. Father, thank you that when our anxious thoughts multiply within us, your consolations comfort our soul. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the King and Lord of all. We want to thank you, Jesus, that you have given us new life by your death and resurrection. Father, we want to thank you for your Holy Spirit that you are pouring out on us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, so much that you said you would never leave us and you would never forsake us. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters now, Lord. And Father, I would just say that you who have begun a good work will bring it to completion. The good work that you've started in each one of my friends here, Lord, bring it to completion. Holy Spirit of God, we honour you and we say thank you for your care and your love. Psalm 139, it says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. The last me isn't actually in the Bible that was added. It just says, O Lord, you have searched me and known. That is how precious you are to God. So may the Lord bless you. 
May the Lord keep you. See if I can remember it. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Jesus came, didn't he? He breathed on them. He said, peace be still, receive the Holy Spirit. So receive the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Receive the Holy Spirit. God bless you this week. God bless you. Enjoy fellowship now. Thank you for turning up today. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside.